Coming up on the Cliff Notes Podcast Week 7 pregame show, we got huge games in both the KCI and the GRC. We'll break both those games down. Plus, we have our good friend KKWK Regional Radio's Chris Ward with us. We'll be talking about all those games and so much more on the Cliff Notes Podcast Week 7 pregame show. Welcome, everybody, to the Cliff Notes Podcast Week 7 pregame show. I'm your host, Clifton Grooves. This is our second segment where we focus on the KCI Conference and the Grand River Conference 11-man divisions. Let's not waste any time. Let's run down some scores from Week 6. And the KCI Conference, it was Mid-Buchanan 63, Hamilton 6, East Buchanan 42, Plattsburgh 16, Lawson 42, North Platte 14, and West Platte 32, Lathrop 19. And the Grand River Conference, it was South Harrison 62, Putnam County 14, Milan over Gallatin 43 to 20, Princeton over Maysville 30 to 14, and Polo 27, Trenton 14. Now the first thing we're going to do is we're going to go over the state rankings here in Missouri. In Class 5 at the number 6 position, it's Platte County. In Class 4 at the number 6 position, it's Smithville. Savannah is receiving votes in Class 4, but have yet to move in to the top 10. In Class 2, St. Pius the 10th is at number 4. And in Class 1, Mid-Buchanan, of course, is the number one team in Class 1. Milan's number four. East Buchanan is number seven. And receiving votes is South Harrison. Now, here are the standings in the KCI Conference. Mid-Buchanan is at the top of the conference with 4-0 in the KCI, 6-0 overall. East Buck is also undefeated at the conference at 3-0, and they are 5-0 overall. Lawson has won three straight. They are 3-1 in the conference, 3-2 overall. Hamilton and West Platte are both tied at 2-2 in the league, 3-3 overall. Plattsburgh 1-3 in the league, 3-3 overall. Lathrop 0-3 in the in the league, 0-4 overall. And in North Platte is 0-4, 0-6 overall. Now let's go over the schedules in week seven. Now we're going to be in the KCI conference. Now this is going to be the big one. Number one ranked Mid Buchanan, number seven ranked East Buck. Now here's a little bit of a disclaimer. There's not going to be much talking about this game on this pregame show. That's why we had the primetime primer. If you want to hear about Mid Buck and East Buck, go, go listen to the primetime primer. I've had a lot of compliments on it, a lot of listens on it so far. Definitely go check that out if you're into Mid-Buck and East-Buck. Now, we are going to run a soundbite from both Aaron Fritz and Dan Ritter breaking down their matchups. Now, we're going to start off here with Mid-Buchanan coach Aaron Fritz. Well, I mean, I, I think you're going to see two two good football teams going out there and, and battling. And I mean, it's never easy to go on the road, especially in this conference, but we're going to go play a, a team that's been dang good ever since I can remember. And, and Coach Ritter's done a nice job with them. They're they're very similar to what they have been. Honestly, their offense doesn't look much different. They still spread you out. Um, they'll still put a couple backs in the backfield and run the ball. Um, they go under center a little bit, so maybe that's the only difference this year. But the offense still looks the same. They're, they're explosive. They want to throw the ball down the field. They want to stretch you uh, horizontally and vertically and then run the ball with their their young running back who's done a great job for them. And defensively, it's, it's a 3-4. It's, it's very, very good. It's just good defense. They, they're big up front, man. They got some monsters. Um, they, they just clog holes and do their job, and they let those two inside backers run around. They let their outside backers run around, and they got length and, and size, and, and it's, just, it's just a good football team, Cliff. They really are, and we're going to have to come out and do, do things very well that we want to do, and we can't try to play their style of game and do things they do. We got to do what we do because if we let them control the ball game, man, uh, they're going to they're gonna run us off the field, and we just cannot let that happen, so – we got to come out and play physical. We know they're going to be physical. 
we got to come out and play fast because we know they're going to play fast and, and we just got to do stuff we want to do because they're, they're very well coached, they're disciplined, and they're going to do a good job. So hopefully we can too. That was Mid Buchanan head coach Aaron Fritz breaking down the game against East Buchanan. Now we're going to move on to East Buchanan coach Dan Ritter. He's going to break down Mid Buchanan. Here's a soundbite from Coach Ritter from earlier in the week. I don't even know where to start as far as their team. Maybe I'll start with the two All-Staters in their backfield and then also who play defense, Javen Noyes. We're going to have to have an answer for him and TJ Runyon, who's, who runs all over the place. Those two young men, I mean, that that's that's a deep playoff team with those two guys by themselves. But then you start adding in all these wide receivers. This young man, he was a lineman a couple years ago. Lane Ellison has speed like no other. They got Caden Anderson, Caden Bailey, Rollins Brandt, who I knew when he was little running around back when I coached in Mid Buchanan for a year, seven, eight years ago. They they have some talent, and it's it's pretty impressive to see how fast they are on film. We're going to have to do a good job of not letting them get in space and utilize that speed. A huge thank you to both Coach Dan Ritter of East Buchanan and Aaron Fritz of Mid Buchanan. You can definitely check out that game. Definitely check out the Primetime Primer here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. Great episode if you're into Mid Buck and East Buck. Rest of the KCI Conference schedule, Hamilton um, Platts, Hamilton is at Plattsburgh this week. Both teams are 3-3 three three of the year. Both teams are looking to make a step up in the conference standings. Lawson, like I mentioned earlier, they've won three straight. They're looking for four. They're going to be on the road at Lathrop this week. And then North Platte is at West Platte. Now, we had an opportunity, like we do every single week, to visit with um, Chris Ward from Regional Radio KKWK. We got two big conference games in the KCI and in the GRC. We break those down and so much more. Here's our conversation with Chris Ward coming up right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes podcast, week seven, pregame show. I cannot believe we're in week seven. The season just goes by like a blur. Uh, we got regional radio, KKWK, 100.1 Sports Direct. Chris Ward again with us. How you doing, Chris? Hey, I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good. Big, big week. Big week. And we're going to get to it here in just a few minutes. But first, um, the first thing that we like to do is talk about week six. Um, talk about your game that you covered and um, anything in there, anything else that really stuck out to you. Uh, my game, I had uh, Princeton and uh, Maysville last week, so I got to go to the old Cemetery Bowl, which uh, is one of my favorite venues in northwest Missouri. It's just such a cool little stadium. Uh, just the way it sits down inside those hills, it's always uh, neat to go there. And I, I – I happen to believe that smaller you get as far as the towns go for football, the funner the environment is because the whole town's there and everybody. Princeton traveled well, so it was a really cool environment. Uh, Princeton's a, a good little football team. Um, they're not world beaters by any stretch of the imagination. I love what Coach Nathan Powell does up there. He's really taken uh, the attitude that he helps create up in Maryville and has uh, transferred it over. They're just a bit young this year uh, or inexperienced in some places. Uh, they got a really good line, a uh, really fun little run game with that uh, single wing stuff they like to do. It's kind of old school football. Um, it, it was a fun ball game. Uh, Maysville is one of those teams. Uh, they're pretty strong up front. But their skill players are young. Um, obviously, the, the older alignment are going to graduate, and then your skill players are going to get better. Uh, but you can kind of see the potential there with them. Uh, they are just, uh, just haven't quite put it all together there for Coach McMillan. Uh, all in all, pretty fun game. Uh, again, I think Princeton's a fun team. Uh, one of those, uh, you know, winning record kind of teams. Probably not a state championship caliber squad by any stretch. Uh, but they're a fun team, and you're always going to get a good scrappy ball game out of them. Uh, Chris, anything else that really stuck out to you in the area outside of your game? 
no, it was. I thought it was really mostly a week we kind of uh, knew what we were going to get for the most part. Uh, I thought Savannah's win over Cameron, uh, not necessarily that they won, but the score margin in that one was uh, said something to me. Just uh, I know Cameron was still in week two of kind of having their COVID kids out. Uh, looks like that's all taken care of now. Uh, but uh, they just kind of Savannah just kind of took care of business in a big way, and that was pretty impressive. I thought uh, just a week before that, Cameron's kids had kind of hung with Maryville, so I uh, felt like that might be a little bit better ball game. Uh, we talked uh, off air of uh, East Buchanan and Hamilton uh, that game, or um, excuse me, Mid Buchanan and Hamilton uh, kind of got a higher score than we thought. Maybe we both all talked that maybe Hamilton's run game can keep that game close a little bit. And uh, obviously Mid Buchanan just kind of ran over them and, and put up a huge score there, which was uh, quite a kind of eye opening. I thought I was uh, pretty impressed with East Buchanan taking care of Plattsburgh the way they did getting up 42, nothing in that game uh, in the first three quarters, uh, just because that could have been a trap game. I thought that answered some questions for me of uh not you know questions but uh, the thoughts of if there was a time they were going to maybe overlook somebody that would have been it and I thought that was pretty impressive the way they took care of business there uh but overall I thought the week kind of went the way we expected it to go well Chris we're in week seven now this is going to be box office week baby this is what we're here for you know uh, the big game that we're going to be um that pretty much I you me every single media member um that I know of is going to be at um Number one in class one, Bid Buchanan. Number seven ranked in the class one, East Buchanan. Chris, your analysis, your keys, all that good stuff. Yeah, this is, uh, you're right. This is why we do this. Uh, and I'm not surprised that pretty much every media member that is available is going to be there because uh, this is big time. This is, uh, somebody said, I think Clint Dye said it on Twitter uh, today as we're as we're talking. Uh, this is a, a big fight feel. It's got that big championship fight feel. And he's right, it does. Because, I mean, these are uh, the the old uh, Gorilla Monsoon, immovable object, uh, irresistible force. It's colliding in Gower on Friday night. You know, it's going to be fantastic. And uh, what strikes me in, in watching, I've seen both of these teams once in live person in action. I've watched some tape uh, on Huddle, et cetera. The thing that jumps off the screen to me is how these teams are so similar. Uh, they're both led by good quarterbacks. Obviously, Javen's a four-year guy. The the muster kid's still just uh, kind of finding his way. But, boy, he looks like a veteran out there. But um, then the run game, you throw it in. You've got the Ansel and then this uh, this little freshman, Klein, for East Buchanan. Both fantastic. And Klein really uh, kind of had his coming out party at, at Hamilton when I saw him a couple weeks back. And he hasn't stopped since. So I think he's the real deal. He's going to be here for four years. We're going to get to see that kid develop. Uh, you compare him to a T.J. Runyon. And also the running game of, of, of Javen kind of max, matches up with that Ansel. Then you start looking at wide receivers and the Thompson kid and everything that East Buchanan has out there. And then you look up and down the receiving core of mid-Buchanan and you're talking Ellison and Brant and all those guys and, and the balance that both of them have in, in their weaponry. It just jumps off the page of how even these teams are. Uh, right down to the, like the stat lines. Javen's thrown right at a little more than 1,000 yards. Muster's right under 1,000 yards. Uh, 16 touchdowns for Javen. Uh, I believe Muster's got like 13. I haven't finished adding everything up for him, but he's right there, 13, 14 touchdowns on the season. Uh, I mean, these two offenses are just juggernauts. They're both putting up insane points. And then you go to the other side of the ball, and both defenses are just shutting everybody down, and they're flying around, and all these athletes are just going everywhere. It, this this is what football is all about. This is what it's about. This is going to be the game. Uh, I can't see this game. I mean, it, it could, I guess. Both teams are so good. Uh, but I can't see it getting more than like one or two scores away from anybody at any given time just because of how much talent is on both sides. Uh, I think maybe it sounds cliche to say it, uh, but in the trenches is where football's won in general. 
that might be the spot where there is a little bit of a disparity between these teams. East Buchanan is absolutely huge on the line. They've got kids at 260, 270, 285. I mean, these guys are massive. They are big dudes. Maybe Buchanan's not blessed with size. Uh, they're just not a huge, I mean, like football size. I mean, they're good size kids, but they're not football size, 280, 290, those kind of kids. They got like one. Uh, East Buchanan's got like seven. That might be where the issue is. It's going to be the question of the big, uh, and I don't want to say slow, but slower than mid Buchanan, big linemen. And let me say East Buchanan's linemen are not slow. They're very impressive in the size they have and how quick they are for as big as they are. Uh, but mid Buck's built on speed, especially in the trenches. That's going to be the matchup I want to watch the most is, is does the size of East Buchanan, that pure brute strength, outweigh the speed and shiftiness of mid Buchanan's line on both sides because mid Buchanan relies on speed up front on the offense too. Uh, but which one of those two wins it out? I mean, again, you say, as I said, everything's so balanced and so even on those two teams until you get there, that might be what settles this thing. And I know that's cliche. Football's one in the trenches all the time, but man, look at those, the size matchup and the styles that they play in the trenches. And I think that the kind of just jumps out at you is probably what's going to decide this game. I think that is the biggest reason why I do this. You know, I could just see, you know, you're not, uh, these people are not able to see the screen right now, but your emotion there. And, you know, my emotion too, whenever I talk about this, you know, this is a heavyweight football, heavyweight championship wrestling boxing field. This is probably, you know, I've been away from going to games for years. This is probably the biggest football game that I've been to in years. This is going to be, I hope it is everything that is, that it's being advertised, you know, so. The great thing about it is we might get to see it a second time too, when it comes down the road here in a few weeks and it really matters. I mean, everybody wants to win conference. Absolutely. It's a big deal, but district championships, I mean, that's we're we're projecting down. We're in the media. We could do that. We could project down five, six weeks and look at that. You're talking about two of the top seven teams in class one football in the same district. There's a darn good chance that those two end up playing for the district title. So everything we're talking about right now, times 10 here in about five weeks, if it should work out like that. And hopefully it does for both of these teams. And, you know, good luck to all of them. But, man, how fun is it for us in the media to get to talk about these kids and these teams? And how about uh, Coach Ritter, first year in East Buchanan, and he's got these guys playing like the glory years of Ron Muster back in the the 04 team or uh, 05, whatever it was, that made the run to the state championship game. You talk about some of those teams uh, for, uh, for Coach Brian that made runs to the semifinals, uh, some of those teams. He's got them playing on that level for sure. I mean, I saw those teams. This team's playing on that level. They are that good. Uh, Mid Buchanan obviously is is playing on that level as well. Something that you know they we talked about it off air. That was a basketball school. They do not have a rich history of football. Coach Fritz has done an amazing job of building that thing basically from the ground up. I mean, yeah, you go back to the early 2000s. Coach Oots was there, who's now at Platte County. He had some success, uh, but it was you know here and there. Uh, Coach Rapp had a little bit of success. He made what a quarterfinal run, I believe it was back in like 09 when Hamilton made their run. Uh, a little bit of success, but again, it was kind of sparingly. They were average. Coach Fritz has turned this into a powerhouse. Two straight semifinal runs. They are looking like a team that can win a state title right now. I mean, the coaching between these two teams is fantastic. And then, of course, on the East Buck, I said, I talked about Ritter, but Coach Muster's on that sideline. Coach Annell and some of those guys that have been around for a long time with East Buchanan football that are kind of behind the scenes right now. Uh, those are good coaches, good football minds. The, the, everything about this game just screams big-time football, and, and I'm just I'm super excited for Friday. It can't get here fast enough. Uh, I absolutely am too. I cannot wait. Uh, 
But not only the KCI isn't the only conference that has a big time field. Um, we got a big time matchup in the Grand River Conference too. I mean, I don't. It may not be highly as publicized as Mid Buck East Buck is, but this Violent South Harrison game could be all for all the marbles in the um, and the GRC, and maybe even in their district. So talk about that game a little bit. Yeah, the same thing, man. Uh, you're absolutely right. It, it, it's not getting the publicity just because those towns aren't quite as big or, or aren't as located near a bigger town like uh, East Buck and Mid Buck are. But this is every bit as exciting of a game. Uh, these are two teams that do kind of same idea uh, as, as Mid Buck, East Buck like to spread things out and be fast and go everywhere. These are two teams that want to line up and just punch you right in the face. They are big. They are tough. They are gritty, and that's the style they want to play. Let's start with South Harrison. Coach Choning, uh, and I apologize, I don't know those kids by name up there as much because we, we leave that to Can uh, on the day-to-day -day basis, but I have watched some tape for these guys. I watched the East Buchanan and South Harrison game from week one. This is a really good football team. Uh, they are big up front. They are road grader kind of linemen. They're veterans. There's a lot of seniors on this team. They've been running Coach Choning's offense for a handful of years now. I got to see them last year when these guys were all juniors. Uh, in their playoff run before they 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 got they bowed out. Uh, they've got every bit the talent to make a deep run in the, in the class one playoffs this year. They sure do. Uh, the the quarterback's been running this system for a few years. You can kind of see the smoothness in their triple option and the attack. Their running backs are good sized running backs. They are uh, they really have an abundance of size out there at South Harrison. Now on the other side, same thing. They've got that abundance of size, especially up front. Their front seven is huge. They're fast. They like to get around. They attack. They get downhill. Uh, they don't just kind of stand and wait on you to come to them. They attack you. Uh, they're going to have to do that against my one. Let's go over there and talk about the Wildcats because uh, you talk about a team that has big dudes up front. For the last five years, Milan has been massive in the trenches, and they are massive again this year. Uh, a lot of those guys were got hurt last year in the first couple of weeks. Uh, one of them in the game I did against Plattsburgh, uh, one of their better linemen uh, hurt a knee and was out for the year. Another two games in, they'd lost, uh, I believe it was three or four starters total off that offensive line from week one. Um, so those kids are all back. So those guys that should have been uh, starters last year now are back. They're healthy. They're big. They're road graders. They got a little bit of a chip on their shoulders, uh, and, and they're running the ball well. Uh, they did everything they were doing well before, and then they added Malin Cole, a, core, uh, a coach's kid. Uh, people will remember him from Maysville. He's Coach Mark Cole's kid. Coach Cole's now an assistant there at Milan. They bring a, a Malin into play. He's got a good arm. Uh, I mean, he's not like a D1 quarterback arm or anything, but for what they're doing, he's got plenty of arm to do that, to run the play action and, and the sprint out type stuff they're doing. He's obviously athletic enough to add the legs in, 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 the, in the run game. Not that Milan didn't have it before they did, uh, but, he's, but he is a threat to run the ball as well. They've got good running backs. All those guys also kind of, again, small-town football, you flip them all over to the defensive side. Look up and down those scores. They're not giving up many points. Uh, teams are lucky to get a touchdown. Same for South Harrison, a couple of touchdowns outside of that uh, East, East Buchanan game, and I think that's a different offense altogether. Um, this is going to be your good old-fashioned three yards cloud of dust. Uh, very, I, I anticipate kind of low-scoring, you know, 21-17 kind of game, uh, and it, it really wouldn't surprise me on either side who comes out on top on this one. Uh, last thing we're going to talk about, Chris, I mean, obviously it's a big week. Where can they find you all week? Where can they find uh, all your stuff at this week? Uh, this week, uh, obviously, every week, every day we've got the coaches' shows. Uh, we did KCI today and yesterday. Uh, those interviews are all up on our website at North westmoinfo.com just click the sports link and then the uh, chris ward sports show and you can kind of go by team in there and listen to all season stuff 
Uh, Friday, the big day, we'll have a ton about this game. We're going to talk to various media members and such and uh, and kind of break down these games too. Uh, that'll all start at 5 o'clock on our Highway 36 Auto and Diesel Friday night football live pregame show. Uh, 7 o'clock or a little before 7, you'll want to definitely be on because we'll talk to Coach Fritz and Coach uh, Ritter in the pregame there starting about 6.30-ish, 6.35-ish. Uh, just kind of depends on how the, how the schedule falls, how long some of the interviews and stuff go. But somewhere right in there, we'll get to the coaches and we'll talk to them and then kick it off at 7 o'clock. And then, of course, we'll uh, have all the breakdown for it after the game on the uh, Pettit John Auto Center end zone show on, on uh, regional radio quick. Uh, definitely, definitely check all that out. If you're not able, if you're not, if you're not able to get to the game, definitely check out Chris Warner's call 100.1 this Friday night. Um, Chris, I want to thank you so much for coming on and um, I'll see you on Friday night. Sounds good, buddy. Thank you much. Appreciate it. A big thank you to Chris Ward for joining the show. He's always a great friend of the show. Always a pleasure to have Chris on. Now let's move on to the GRC standings in the 11-man division. Milan and South Harrison, both teams are tied at 4-0 in the league. However, Milan is 6-0 overall, and South Harrison is 5-1 overall. Princeton is 2-1 in the league, 3-2 overall. Gallatin and Polo are both at 2-2 in the league, but Gallatin is ahead of Polo in the standings, not only with a better record overall, but Gallatin's Head-to-head went over the Panthers back a couple weeks ago. Putnam County is 0-3 in the league, 1-5 overall. Maysville 0-4, 1-5 overall. And Trenton rounds out the standings 0-2, 0-4 overall. Now let's run down the Week 7 schedule in the Grand River Conference. This is the big one. We talked about the big one of the KCI Conference. The GRC's got one too. 6-0 Milan at 5-1 South Harrison. We had an opportunity to talk with both head coaches on this big-time Grand River Conference matchup. We start out our interviews with Milan coach, John Dabney. And we're here on the Cliff Notes podcast, week seven pregame show. We're continuing to preview our huge showdown at the GRC conference. We got Milan Wildcat head coach, John Dabney with us. How you doing, coach? Doing great. Thanks. Absolutely. Love to have you on. Um, coach, um, for first-time guests, what we usually like to do is um, get a little background on the coach, who coach Dabney is how you got into coaching and how you got here to Milan? Well, I grew up in Edina, Missouri in the Knox County uh, School District, graduated there in 87. Um, as a young kid, I uh, grew up, my dad was also uh, the head football coach at Knox County. Now he retired prior to me going into high school. And uh, he would, I mean, he had a great background in football. He was a, uh, well, he's not only on the in the Northeast Missouri State, Truman State, whatever you call it now, Hall of Fame, but he's on their all-century all team. So I had a pretty good, what I felt like, very lucky to have football background that I was able to have. The reason I got into it, and it wasn't necessarily that's what my, oh, my father, you know, had done or whatever, and following his footsteps, I, I, I just did it because I had a hard, I knew I'd have a hard time giving up, um, sports in general and uh, got in you know I I just knew it'd be very tough and I was like I saw a lot of guys um, Hall of Fame coach uh, Maurice Red Wade uh, that coached my father I saw how all those guys used to just do anything for that guy and we're on great teams um, throughout those uh, you know early late 40s early 50s teams and over in Kirksville and uh I just thought, God, this is uh, this is just what you want. I just felt like it was the right thing, and I've always felt that way. And um, not a guy that's going to go uh, take the money and go administrative-wise. I'm a career football coach and baseball coach, and that's just how it is, and that's how it'll be. 
And, uh, you know, I went to college at Culver Stockton, graduated from Culver Stockton. And, uh, you know, a lot of those schools like Culver and Central Methodist pops out a lot of coaches out of those uh, small colleges. And, uh, you know, that was, it's just, it was a great experience there. I went from coming out, recruited out of high school as a quarterback and, with injuries, slowly you'd be an outside linebacker for a while. And then the next thing you knew, they had running back problems. And I was a pretty decent size uh, kid, ended up being a full fullback. So, and an occasional emergency quarterback. But, uh, you know, all those things that, uh, and we never always had the greatest seasons in college, but uh, there's a lot of things we learned what to do and a lot of things maybe not how to do stuff. But uh, I started out coaching staying right there at Culver Stockton and uh, was more or less a, like what you would classify as a graduate assistant. Did that for a couple years. And then, uh, and my dad still, like if he, I could see him today, who's passed away almost 20 years ago, shaking his head, I took the job at Knox County and my alma mater. So, uh, so I went back there for about 11 years and, uh, and then from that point on, uh, came here to Milan. And uh, my mom said it from the very beginning, Cliff, uh, when you're working in your hometown, and it's probably three or four places in the Bible too. Even Jesus got just got mad himself and says to his apostles, let's leave because you're not a prophet in your own hometown. If it happens to him, it's gonna happen to me. And my, my mother was like, just be ready because that's just how it is. And um, still the longest tenured coach over there, but I made it through there about 11 years. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of good, there's some good seasons and there's obviously when you just stay in a one, a school, there's going to be ups and downs, you know, you're just not going to farm that same piece of ground and expect the same, uh, uh, you know, production every single year. But, uh, and that's, and that happens here as well. But, uh, you know, Milan was just, when it opened, was just seemed like a great fit for me. Uh, knew the conference, knew a lot of people from Milan as well, just great people. And um, through the years and just, uh, I've just, you know, fallen in love with it. I'm sure there's people when you coach here probably aren't in love with you, but I think uh, as far as a, uh, uh, you know, you don't, Milan, you know, like a lot of communities are very uh, football drives things a lot. It's a big football community. So it's an important job to hold. I take it very serious. And, uh, and I want to make sure we keep our, you know, folks and everybody, you know, very proud of the effort and work that we do. Our fans are very realistic too. So they're a very smart fan base too. They know when uh, um, the chips are down and they can really, really rally around your group. Even like we were last year, we had some injury and we were still playing people tough. Uh, they were just as proud of us then as they are right now. And I couldn't ask for a better place to uh, coach football. And this is our 105th uh, season of football in Milan. And uh, so that obviously when you play football that long, there's a tradition. Oh, absolutely coach. And you know, 2020 is no different. You guys are on a absolute, um, Great start, six and zero on the season. Um, number four in the state in class one. Um, Coach, let's talk about some of your kids on the roster. Um, you got some good ones on the roster here. For those who haven't seen a Milan football game, um, get, walk us through some of the players that they would hear about on Friday nights. 
Well, ones they're going to be hearing about a lot. You'd hear about Dominic Dabney. He is my son. He's a senior running back linebacker. Um, plays linebacker and some halfback. And uh, other young men you're going to hear about are the other running backs in the backfield are Derek Deporto. He's a junior. Um, he's he's done a great job for us as well. And he, he plays in a lot of different defensive packages as well for us. Um, Madeline Cole. Uh, senior quarterback, uh, his father Mark is on our staff as well. Uh, Malin does a great job. He's got a, uh, just a real balanced, versatile. Uh, uh, this day and age, they'd probably call him a dual threat quarterback, you know. So uh, if you're classifying different uh, quarterbacks from pro style or dual threat, that would be what Malin is. Um, you know, our receiving core. Um, you know, from Jeremy Bennett's had a, he's a sophomore kid, just having a tremendous year there, um, catching the ball, but it all starts up front as well. You know, these are very quality backs receiver people that we have. Um, but at the same time, uh, you got to get it done up front and the people we have up front from the Marcus Glidewells to the, uh, Axel Pagans to the Jordan Ponces to the Blake Idols, to the Hunter Fordyces, to the John Ray De La Cruzes, um, and they're in the Dominic Shirley's. Uh, those guys up front provide a lot for us. There's some veterans and we expect them to play like veterans and they are, uh, they make good adjustments. They'll make adjustments. They've just kind of been through individual periods through the years, they, they can make adjustments even on their own. And so though that's that's a very nice uh, uh, luxury to have. A lot of that too, though, Cliff, some of these things and adjustments and different things are, are all came from at times last year when we were plugging in people uh, on the O-line with through injury and they got some you know experience. It wasn't <laughs> wasn't always the most perfect scenario a year ago but it's paying off now because there's a lot of guys with a lot of experience. There's two or three guys that aren't even maybe starters that can come in and play if needed. And uh, we just have those, which adds your depth to what you're doing. Well, coach, let's talk about your schedule here so far. You guys, like I mentioned before, you guys are six and oh, number four in the state. Uh, you guys have, um, you guys have been scoring a lot of points here lately. You've been playing really good defense overall this season. Talk about the um, first six games of the season as a whole and how, how well your football team has played. Well, we started off with a young South Shelby football team. It's got a lot of tradition there. And uh, we, we felt like at the time with them being young and a new coach, they weren't in a jamboree. Just knowing their background, we went into it a little bit blind. Um, but we also felt like if you're going to catch them it would be a good time to catch them as week one and so we were able to get scores in all three phases from special teams to uh, uh, with Dominic on a kick return and we had a pick six from Bennett we had rushing passing it was just a well-balanced attack went into week two with Harrisburg and that's a nice really football team that they've uh, finished strong last year um, I think they've been receiving votes, Cliff. I think in the uh, all state or the top 10 rankings, got a really nice group of athletes that throw the ball, can run the ball. Um, and so uh, that was a pretty hard fought high scoring game as well on that. We, 
and gosh, it was such a good learning experience for us too, because we blew some coverages and just were with some new outside backers that have just grown up, you know, bounds since that game. And so we've just, uh, in our secondary as well. So, uh, cause we graduated some pretty good ones last year. And so, uh, but man, that was a good awakening for him. But at the same time, we were able to dominate the line of scrimmage against that Harrisburg team. And I think we put up 600 yards of rushing as well and threw for something close to maybe a hundred as well. And so then we came into the Putnam County week, which is always a dog fight and a big rival game in this, in these parts. So it's been going on about a century. So it's a very uh, important type of uh, border war type game. And it was a really drizzly rainy night that evening. And it was just a slow process of, we took the opening drive scored and then, um, you know, just slow but sure kind of grinded it out a little bit and uh, built the lead. And then after that had a hard fought game at home with Princeton, which I, I think is a tremendous club as well. They've got a good senior group across the front. They've got a loose of running backs, uh, receivers, and uh, they, as they get their quarterback back and healthy, that will add more dimension to what, they, what they'll be able to do and, and as, as the season goes on. Um, then we moved right into Trenton and they were coming off a two week uh, uh, quarantine. So, and that was, uh, hats off to them. I, I know that's been a, that was probably very difficult. Try to put myself in their shoes. I'm sure that was a very tough uh, uh, thing to try to go through and you, you couldn't practice either. And so um, I just, I don't know how they did that and uh, sure hope and pray they can continue to, all of us for that matter, continue to keep playing. And, and then we had Gallatin last week kind of reminiscent of uh, uh, the athletes, uh, the quarterback, everything like Harrisburg was just some, my gosh, just some tremendous tall rangy uh, uh, athletes out there that, uh, man, you had to cover them. Didn't really matter what the down and distance was Cliff. I mean, they, they can just sling it around and can, uh, can run it as well at the same time. So uh, we just had to try to do our best to control the line of scrimmage and keep it out of their hands. And, and, and that's where we are at this point. Well, coach, you know, this week, you know, it's a, it's a big game this week. It's at South Harrison, um, you know, uh, winner. Um, I would say the winner probably controls their own destiny as far as the Grand River Conference is concerned. Um, they've won five straight since losing their game to East Buchanan in the first week. Talk about your, your scouting report you have on the Bulldogs and um, what can we expect from this football game on Friday? Well, I'd say there's no secrets out there. Both teams know each other pretty well. Um, I think that uh, it, these games have been, uh, we had to play them twice last year and uh, they were, the one, first one went into overtime. Uh, the district game uh, was eight, eight and a half. And we were a very banged up team and we lost a couple more <laughs> throughout the game. And that just kind of gradually slipped away. We really kind of ran out of juice, so to speak, but it was still a really good football game. And with that uh, being said, the year before that was an overtime game and a mud pit. And so, you know, I anticipate a, a definitely a 48, maybe even more, uh, uh, you know, low scoring type football game that's uh, both teams just, you know, slugging it out and, uh, uh, you know, just trying to get behind their horses and, you know, and just, you know, 
both teams try to uh, impose their will. So I don't, I don't see that, you know, changing any, you know, I see both teams trying to do the same thing, I would think. So, uh, and they've got the people to do it. And, uh, you know, so it's it'll like any game, but especially in these type of games, it'll come down to some turnovers and, um, you know, any kind of busted play or, you know, you just got to do a great job of blocking and tackling. And just like you uh, teach from day one. Well, Coach, I think it's going to be a good game on Friday night. Should be a very, very entertaining game. Uh, one of the big games in the area this week. Uh, Coach Dabney, I want to thank you so much for coming on and joining the podcast for the first time. And um, good luck to you and your kids on Friday. Hey, I appreciate uh, including us in all this. And I know you got a job to do. And uh, I'm glad to help you in any way. Now, here's thank you to Milo Wildcat head coach John Dabney for joining the show. We also had an opportunity to catch up with South Harrison Bulldog head coach Chris Schoening. We talked about his story, talked about the overall season for them so far, and we look ahead to their matchup against Milan. Here's our interview with South Harrison coach Chris Schoening right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast, Week 7 pregame show. we got a big showdown in the NEC and the um, GRC, I meant. Um, we got Milan at South Harrison this week. Um, winner could probably be in the driver's seat for the conference championship. We got um, South Harrison head coach Chris um, Chris Shawning with us. How you doing, Coach? Good. How are you guys? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, coach, um, one thing that we like to do before we um, before we get into the interview here as your first time guest is really get to know you and um, how you got into coaching and how you got to South Harrison. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Um, now I went to, I graduated from Griswold high school in Iowa. Um, just small school, uh, went there. My dad coached me through everything I did, you know, from being young all the way to high school football, he coached me in that too. Um, so I was kind of raised in it, I guess. Um, and then I ended up going to Nebraska Wesleyan for a year playing college football. Um, then I transferred to Northwest Missouri state. And, um, I think it was, my junior year, I uh, I just I got a job at North Nottaway, being an assistant football coach, and um, I kind of stayed there for a couple years. Ended up being a head basketball coach that same year, so that kind of got me in there. Um, graduated from college, ended up moving over. I moved to Bethany, but I taught in Gilman for a couple years and was assistant coach over at Pattonsburg. They co-op, and then moved over to Bethany um, to South Harrison, I guess, and uh, I was an assistant uh junior high coach for a year and then I ended up getting the head high school job the very next year so that was this is my fifth year uh, or fourth this is my fourth year being head coach at South Harrison so that's kind of how all that went down well coach let's talk about um uh, let's talk about your football team uh, as far as the players um for those who haven't been to a South Harrison Bulldog football game um let's talk about some of your kids um some of your skill players and just some of your kids all around um, who are going to be some of the kids that uh, we would be hearing about on a Friday night. Uh, we are, we are blessed to have a big senior class this year. Uh, I think we got 13 of them out uh, and they're a very athletic class. Um, you know, they got the size and the speed, you know, and the athleticism. Um, a couple names you're going to hear. Uh, Austin Lash, our quarterback. Um, he, this is his second year starting at quarterback. And he's just getting better and better, especially at the option stuff. Um, you know, last year 
he, he was getting good at it midway through the season, um, and he's just progressed that much more. One thing that he was lacking, though, was uh, was passing. I mean, just we hadn't done it a lot. And uh, when he was a sophomore and freshman, we just ran option with him all the time, and he was able to score pretty much at will against JV guys. So we didn't have to throw a lot with him. But, you know, when you get to the varsity level, it's nice to be a dual threat. And uh, he's he worked on that all summer. And, you know, we're averaging probably about 100 yards passing compared to maybe 20 yards last year passing. We threw maybe four times a game. So um, that has definitely helped us out big time. But, you know, he's a he is a great quarterback, um, understands the game really well, especially this year. He, just, he sees it so so much clearer. Um, really good runner, very good runner, very fast. I mean, if he gets loose, rarely does anyone catch him. So, um, you know, he's got that breakaway speed for us. Another kid you're going to hear a lot about is Graydon Linthcum. Uh, he's our fullback. Um, the kid's just a hard nose, downhill runner, man. It's hard to tackle that kid. He, he loves to hit people. Um, just kind of your typical fullback, just, you know, big, strong kid, tough to bring down. Um, he, he's played really, really well for us. I think he had like 160 yards rushing last game for us, averaged about nine yards a carry. Uh, so he, he's very, very good too. Um, we're blessed to have him. Um, Justice Cook, another senior who stepped into the running back role this year. He played a little receiver for us last year, but has done a fantastic job. Um, it's just, it looks like it's becoming easier and easier uh, for him each game. Um, that's big for us. Um, Braden Sunderman, receiver for us. We like to target him a lot. You know, we get we get eight-man, nine-man boxes because we like to run. People know that, and they know they got to stop Lasher and Linthcum. Um, so we try to get him on some one-on-one situations and he's came up big for us a lot, a couple games, uh, especially East Buck first game, uh, for the year, we just threw him a slant and he broke a couple tackles, scored a touchdown for us. Um, you know, it was against, uh, Putnam threw a deep post post to him, made a fantastic catch. It's just a kid that if we throw the ball anywhere near him, he's going to probably go, go get it. So, um, it's nice to have him out there. So that's kind of getting teams to get some guys out of the box a little bit. That's definitely helping. So um, he's another big asset. And then our line, um, I got four seniors on the line. Uh, and they're all at least three-year starters, if not four-year starters. So a lot of experience up there. Those guys, I mean, against Putnam, we, we had prepared all week to go against an even front. And they come out an odd front. And I'm like, oh, crap. So we went to back to a package that we ran against uh, East Buck and Polo. And we just we hadn't practiced it all week. But these guys ran it flawlessly, remembered everything. It was awesome. Uh, Luke Carnes, great tackle, big kid, 6'6", 290. Um, just he, very, very athletic for his size, moves really well. Uh, Cole Taylor's our right guard. Uh, he's just a mean kid, only weighs about 190. But downhill, um, gets his blocks just fantastic blocker uh Braden Vandervert our center another senior um knows what he's doing he's kind of the one in charge up there honestly um he sees the fronts luckily he doesn't have to play a lot of defense so um he does a great job of telling me what he's seeing what what guys are doing up front so it's awesome to have that in a center um and then our Let's see, our left tackle is a senior, Riker Barclay. Um, as a freshman, you know, kid weighed maybe 120 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> kind of hit a growth spurt there his last, last year, his junior year. Uh, he's about 6'2", 180. So um, he's really, really 
um, just done a great job at tackle. You know, we didn't really know where he was going to fit in at, and we kind of bumped him to tackle last year just to try it out. And, man, he's really fit into that role really well for us and uh, done a great job. And we got a sophomore that's a left guard for us. Um, for being a sophomore, he's a big kid, and, you know, 200, uh, pretty strong for, for his age. And just, he's learning, you know, but he's got a lot of experience up there with him that's helping him along the way. And um, he's doing a good job there too. So, uh, you know, we got a lot of weapons, just a lot of weapons, a lot of leadership out there. And that's, it's nice to have, especially, you know, class 1A football. Oh, absolutely. Um, Coach, um, let's talk about your 2020 season so far. Um, had a real competitive game, a real competitive loss to East Buchanan early in week one. Um, you know, East Buchanan, you know, they're a good ranked football team. So, I wouldn't really call that a bad loss, but you guys have rebounded very nicely since then. Five straight wins, um, a big win against Putnam County last week. Talk about how your football team was able to respond after that loss in week one. Um, you know, these guys, they, they, have, they have a goal in mind. And I said, fellas, you can take this one of two ways. You know, you can be all pissed off. And, you know, I'm not happy we lost either, uh, but it's how you respond from it. Um, what are we going to learn from this loss? Um, and how are we going to, you know, fix those little mistakes? What, I mean, you know, how did we lose it? What made us lose this? And, you know, it was a couple of things we did. We got a couple of players get hurt. Um, you know, my great length gun, my fullback, he was puking, you know, third quarter. Uh, we had a kid that, uh, got taken away by ambulance. So I think that kind of shook us up. We've never really seen that before. We never really had a player, um, you know, get taken, you know, off the, off on the stretcher and taken on the ambulance. I think that I could see it in their eyes. I shook them up a little bit. You know, they were worried about him, um, you know, but you still got to, you still got to try to focus, you know, and stay in the game for that uh, time. But it is difficult. You know, I've had a buddy do that too in high school football and it, it does shake you up a little bit. So I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from East Buck. They did a great job. We were up two scores on them in the fourth quarter and they did a great job of, you know, attacking us where, where we were weak at. And we, uh, we've got that fixed, I think. Um, it was just a miscommunication, one error. I think it was fourth and 10, and they caught us deep, scored a touchdown, and got the momentum shifted their way, and they were able to finish the game out. And, um, you know, that's just a game where it's the first game of the season, and I thought it was great. Well, I didn't think it was great that we lost, but, you know, it was good for us to know that we weren't invincible because we, we did feel like – I think we felt like, you know, we were going to be really good. We had a great year last year, made it to the sectional game against mid buck. Um, and I think, I think we were maybe a little overconfident in that going into that game since we had beat them the year before. And I just, it's like, Hey fellas, everyone's coming for us. You know, they, they know that we're going to be pretty good. Um, and that we're going to have a big target on our back. So we got to be ready to go every single game. And I think the boys, that's probably what they've done the best. You know, they've come prepared every single game and they know, um, every single game matters starting, you know, starting that next week against West Platte. And I think every week we've gotten better. Um, we've stayed focused and I, I expect to do the same thing this week. Well, coach, this is a, this is a big football game this week. Um, I just got through a little bit ago typing in the Grand River Conference standings and um, this is about as big of a football game as it gets to the Grand River Conference. Um, it's the number four ranked in the class one, the Milan Wildcats. Both of you guys are tied at 4-0 in the league. Um, talk about um, the scouting report as far as Milan and um, what can we expect from this football game on Friday? Oh, it's going to be a great football game. 
Um, I know a lot of people are excited for this one. They've been excited for it, you know, I think since the start of the year. Um, you know, they, they're kind of in the same boat. They got a lot of guys returning. Um, you know, they're big up front. They're athletic up front. Their big guys move really well. Uh, they got a stud fullback that is tough to bring down, just a massive kid that keeps his legs moving. Uh, so we got to do a great job on defense stopping him. Um, you know, they got a great running back, Dominic Dabney. Um, you know, he's been starting every single year. He's a senior, thank God. Uh, but, you know, he uh, he he uh, he's just a good runner, man. He's just a hard runner, a very athletic kid, and very smart. That's probably his best quality, honestly, you know. Um, as a sophomore, he was smart. You know, he, he knows the situation and he, know, he, he just, he's a good feeler. He feels out things, um, you know, and we're just going to, we're going to have to keep our eye on him. You know, we got to beat tackle him low, wrap up. He's going to break arm tackles. So we got to do a good job there. And then they got to move in quarterback. Um, you know, and we've played against this quarterback. He was at a uh, Maysville before uh, and he ended up moving to Milan and that just made him that much better. Uh, and they run a little option with him. Um, he's another smart kid that we got to worry about. Uh, takes care of the ball pretty well. He's got a decent arm, um, accurate passer. So uh, we, we just got to play, you know, sound defense all around, pass-wise, run-wise, and uh, just do a good job on defense. And offensively, we want to, you know, try to control the clock as much as we can. That's kind of what our, our IMO is. You know, we want to get first down after first down, kind of, you know, grind it out, wear them down on defense a little bit, um, hopefully try to tire them out. Um, for on when they're on offense uh that's kind of what we try to do and if we can do that i mean it's gonna everyone's gonna get a great show uh you know it's gonna be a good game it's two great teams going up against each other and um it's gonna come down to the fourth quarter well, coach i think it's gonna be a tremendous ball game not only that we got a tremendous action in the kci conference we got a tremendous this tremendous game in the grc so it's gonna be a big football big football games for northwest missouri will coach I want to thank you so much for coming on um, the show for the first time. Um, good luck to you and your boys on Friday. All right. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you to Chris Schoening for coming on the show. You can catch Milan at South Harrison. That's going to be on Regional Radio KN. Big, big game there in the Grand River Conference. Now, here's the rest of the GRC schedule. It is Princeton at Polo. Putnam County at Gallatin and Trenton at Maysville. That rounds out the schedule for the Grand River Conference. Now that is it for segment two. In our next segment, we move on to eight-man football. We talk about some big games in eight-man football. We have our team of the week, which is East Atchison. We'll have an interview with Coach Barons. Mount City at South Holt, Nottoway Holt, and Stanbury versus North Shelby. Those are big matchups in the um, eight-man world. And we hear some bits and pieces from Anthony Crane also on the show. You can catch that on the next segment of the Week 7 pregame show. Until then, take care.